Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of On the Rise. Today, we're joined by Rushal Srivastava, the co-founder of Simplify, a startup that helps applicants get personalized job recommendations based on their experience and backgrounds, and efficiently apply to multiple job openings at once. So far, Simplify has facilitated, facilitated over 5 million applications. Hey, Rushal, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michelle. Um, so would you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what motivated you to start Simplify? Yeah, um, so Zimbabwe, uh, I started with two of my co-founders. Um, we started way back in 2020. Um, so uh, founded in March of 2020, theoretically on paper, um, but we didn't really get to our idea of what we currently built until much later, like next year in 2021. Um, we, as soon as you know, the pandemic hit and we got all sent back home, I was actually in high school, I was a senior in high school. My co-founders were sophomores at Stanford and we were just hacking out on ideas. And so, um, and one of the ideas we came across was uh, was Neuralay, which was one of our first initial variations. And we built something like a, a machine learning model creator, uh, almost as a wizard uh, for, for uh, health startups and health companies and health hospitals, essentially, to be able to put things together. Uh, I actually worked at the research lab, so I kind of used some of my research to get it to get it together. Um, and we were, had some pilots at like Stanford and, and MIT, but um, we couldn't get any traction with that. And uh, we, we tried like going to a bunch of accelerators and stuff like that, got rejected everywhere pretty much. And um, I kind of came across this idea because everyone was struggling to recruit at the time. And um, my background, like I had built a few different like, like sneaker bots and stuff in the past. So I was very familiar with the space and how to like just automate this process. So we kind of just built a really, really quick script and put it on LinkedIn. And it got like millions of views and people started using it left and right. And so we thought, hey, this is pretty cool. It sounds like a lot of people want this. Like, what if we like, productize this? Um, and so we started working on that like nine months into it and um, applied to YC and, and then uh, and I just ended up launching the, that portion of the product in, in like October of 2021. Um, so that's kind of how Simplify got started and that's kind of like uh, my background. I, at the time I was like a freshman at Berkeley and then I ended up dropping out to work on Simplify full time. That's really cool. So just back a little bit, how did you guys meet? Like, how did you guys get together? Was it like, had you worked on projects before or was it like completely new experience? Yeah, so I um, so I did research at Stanford for pretty much all four years throughout high school, and I was working, um, I was writing publishing papers and stuff like that. And so I actually had a full like Stanford email and ID and everything. And so uh, I was working really close with my lab, and so we were going to a hackathon. And so um, I emailed the CS mailing list, um, saying, "Hey, like I'm looking for people to to come join me in this hackathon. We like want to like." It was, it was an AI hackathon in SF and uh, it was sponsored by this organization called SVAI. Uh, I'm not sure if they're around anymore, but that was for like this rare disease. Um, and so I emailed CS mailing list and, and Michael responded um, and saying like, hey, uh, let me, like I'd love to join this hackathon. It was super cool. Um, he didn't know I was like a, actually a high school at the time. So it was pretty funny when we ended up meeting together. Um, but long story short, we built this like app to build 3D models off of your face um, and to like recognize those lesions and stuff. And so we can collect data on like pretty hard to diagnose diseases. And I ended up winning first place in the hackathon and we kind of just stuck together. Like we just kind of stayed in touch ever since. And um, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. So as soon as like COVID hit, he just hit me up saying, Hey, like, do you want to work on something cool? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's like uh, hack on some stuff. I had a few different ideas, tried running through some stuff and the rest is kind of history. And how did COVID like alter your ideation process? Cause obviously the recruiting process has had changed drastically during COVID. Um, yeah. Can you walk us through like what changed yeah. the result of that? So we kind of like got to this idea only because of COVID. Like, I don't think I would have really approached 
recruiting this way um, and, and the stuff like there was a huge demand obviously when the like when code first happened because um, obviously there was like kind of like a mini recession in the first few months of COVID where people were like layoffs happening left and right be a lot of obviously rescindants before we were recruiting and then obviously things recovered you know after that um, so like we kind of saw the demand right off of off the bat there and um, this kind of like made the idea and, and the, the direction of what we were doing very very clear um, and in terms of like how it's changed recruiting overall as a space you know obviously things there's a lot more remote roles these days remote recruit like the remote industry is kind of like really popped um definitely has receded over the past few months as companies start to go back in person and like there's a big push for it but you know it's really introduced this whole new field of, of recruiting in the way of like how you can kind of hire talent almost across the globe um but for what we started with we kind of started with a problem that we wanted to solve ourselves and so we started with just students because I was, you know, a freshman at Berkeley. There were you know, students at Stanford, and so I saw my friends recruiting through the process. I, I, I was self was recruiting through the process. I was like, this is kind of a frustrating, annoying experience. And you know, that experience even today really hasn't changed much. Um, and so, I mean, it's changed a little bit. Hopefully, it would simplify, but really didn't change much for the, the, you know, how the things work. And so, for us, it was really just modernizing the process, um, bringing it into the 21st century to what I would say is a really, really outdated and outdated process and kind of archaic. Um, can you walk us through your decision to drop out of Berkeley? So you'd just entered as a as a as a freshman. You'd completed your first semester. Um, can you walk us through that process? Were there any like challenges that you faced professionally, personally, as a result of that decision? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, I think Berkeley is a really cool place. Um, great university, like a lot of great people there. Um, so I did one semester, and then um, at, around that time, during my first semester, we ended up getting a uh, taking a hundred thousand dollar check from um, an investor, and you know, there was no like commitment or expectation to drop out. But when we got into YC, you know, our group partner was like, hey, like if you guys want to do YC, you guys all got to drop out and, you know, work on this full time. And so, you know, it was between YC and like going to school. It was kind of no advantage to do YC personally. Um, obviously, like there were issues with my parents, you know, there's issues with other things going on like around the whole spectrum. But I think on a high level for me, the way I kind of thought about it was like, this is a really great learning opportunity for me personally. And you know, we're the two sets of educations. And also like our product started to have a little bit of traction. And so, when we thought about it a little bit more in depth, like this makes a whole lot of sense. You know, there's a lot of energy around this. I'm getting to work on something that like my friends use, I use personally. It's like gonna help change the process in a way. And so that's kind of like what was a big decision and, and you know, kind of do the next step of doing the thing. You know, what's also really helpful is that like Berkeley has a great, very, very friendly process to come back to school. Um, they kind of give you almost like five years to come back, no questions asked. And so, um, you know, if things didn't end up going well for me and YC ended up thinking, oh, this is gonna work. You know, that door is always open to go back to school. But, you know, for me personally, I, I wasn't really thinking about going back or not going back. I was really just really focused on like, hey, is this going to be, give me the like experience I want. Is this going to be valuable to me? And, and, and I kind of met those two boxes for me personally. So that's why I ended up doing it. And so you mentioned a couple of the different experiences that led up to Simplify, but you were already an experienced and skilled software developer before entering college. Can you tell us a little bit about your early projects and what lessons have carried over from those experiences? Yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily experience. I kind of was a hobbyist programmer for a while. I did a lot of research, you know, in school, like when I was, uh, I kind of hated the ed traditional education system. You know, if you talk to most of my teachers back in the day, like, yeah, this kid kind of like was not the brightest. Um, but that's because I, I used to spend a lot more time just like learning by myself. I, I actually think that self-learning is probably the most important form of learning these days. And the traditional education system needs to be completely reworked. You know, but for me, it was, I was really spending time where I thought I could add value and, and, and like I enjoyed a lot. So. I would build things that I think I'd personally use myself. I'd play around and, and like look at like new things that people were working on and try like hacking on myself. I did a lot of research. I thought I was gonna be a doctor for the longest part of my life. And so I really focused on cancer issues specifically. I was uh, looking into, uh, I was working specifically on skincare um, and dermatology. Um, so for me, like the way I kind of approached it is like, 
I was just learning things that were interesting to me. I wasn't like saying, hey, I want to be a software developer. Let me go software engineer and let me just like start learning coding and doing sorts of things. I learned coding out of necessity because like I wanted to do stuff and I wanted I needed to learn coding to get to where I wanted to do. And so, uh, but it kind of just ended up kind of spiraling into kind of like a passion project of like random stuff. Like I work on, I remember a freshman year of high school um, when like Club Penguin shut down. It was like a really funny story. I had Club Penguin shut down. I decided to re like reverse engineer the Club Penguin API and recreate it um, on the Flash game. So I ended up creating a site called like CP World and got a few hundred thousand users on there. And I got season assisted um, by Disney. So it was like a really, really funny like thing that ended up happening. But I used to do a lot, a lot of projects just like that. Like I built cool things that just were really, really useful. Um, so yeah, I, I think like in terms of lessons I've learned from what I've done on the side, I think for me, it's like that hackiness is uh, being able to quickly pick something up like new and be able to apply that and build stuff um, quickly. It's, it's something that, like, it's a big culture here at Simplify as well. Like we kind of judge, like when we work with candidates and how we like hire, we kind of like, we give them three day sprints. Actually, they work with us for three days and we say, hey, like, can you build something brand new from scratch? Like, how do you do this? And we really want to be able to see you can take things from end to end and, and be able to like pick up new things really, really quickly. Because I think that's really an important skill to have and being open-minded and not having, you know, really strict engineering principles saying like, this is the way things are done like the last five years, we should keep it the same way. And, and being open to new technology is something that's like, really, really important. So I, I would say that's probably the biggest thing I've probably taken away from my experience. Yeah, and to connect back to what you, were, you mentioned before about like how it connected to previous interests about like medicine and skincare, what was like your, and this connects to Simplify as well, what is your ideation process for coming up with both problems to solve like that you need to find a solution for and also like how do you find the solutions? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I think that like, UIC gives you like the great advice of just talking to users, you know, users are everything, you gotta understand like who your user base is, what, what they want, what are the problems they're facing. And so that's been one of the biggest ways we've identified new problems. Like a lot of the problems that we built for initially, we kind of already knew because we were solving a problem that we kind of already faced. And so it was very clear what the initial product map is, but as we're beginning to kind of scale out and branch out further into like building tooling for both recruiters and candidates. And, you know, it's really just ideating between both um, the users and also like what we think the new revisions, like a new envisioned way of doing things are. Um, you know, I think the really interesting thing is like, what we like to think it's from a Gen Z perspective, which is kind of ironic and funny to say, but like I think a big thing about Gen Z is like, hey, Gen Z is a generation that kind of challenges the status quo. And I really kind of believe that. We kind of think the same way. Like we don't, just because something was done this way for like the last 20 years does not mean the way it's the way we're gonna design it ourselves. And so we kind of really want to rethink like how it will look like in the future, how we think it should look and how it should run ourselves. And so um, we like to implement a little bit of our own philosophy of how we think should run, but we also want to make sure we're solving the core problems that are being impacted in the previous iteration of what's out there. And I think that's that's a really interesting perspective. So can I just get your take on something really quickly? I heard yeah. something that I heard recently is that I believe it's like something common now um, that people believe Gen Z are like not hardworking or that they there's like common misconception that we look for like easy solutions to different problems. Mm -hmm. and you, can I get your perspective on that? Do you yeah, I think it's think a, that's valid. Yeah, I think that's a pretty invalid take. I would say like just because and also the interesting thing is like the things they like they look up for like workarounds and stuff that that phrasing is so interesting to me because like if the workaround gets the job done and it gets a job done the same quality, same level, just because it takes less work is not necessarily a, a bad solution. It's a good, it's a great thing. It's optimizing the workflow. I think people are, you know, and I'll say like, this is mostly the older generations uh, are very concerned with like how things are being like, things are being sped up and the pace of innovation is moving so rapidly and people are being more creative in how they're spending their time and able to do so much more with being able to use tools efficiently. Um, and that's just like kind of being scared of technology. It's like that, that meme where like the old man yelling at the cloud, it's, it's kind of like that. That's how I kind of think about it. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, so you've been working on this for a couple of years now. How has the founder experience been so far? And what is like highlights, lowlights? Yeah, um, you know, the, the founder experience is really interesting. Um, you know, as a, as a kid and, and growing up in the Bay Area, like it's always been like, oh, when you're, when you're working in Silicon Valley, you want to go you know, do the whole entrepreneurship gig. Um, it's interesting. It comes with its own pros, pros and cons. A lot of different challenges, especially as we are like hitting, you know, our third year kind of like working on this like very intensely. Um, it's, uh, you know, running a company, there's a lot of stuff in the inside that you don't really are able to quite see from the outside. Like on the outside, you get to see all like the cool stuff that goes on, but it's um, it's a very, very tough process balancing between like, you know, building a team, building a culture, managing the day-to-day tasks and stuff. Um, but it's one that's been really exciting. It's been really fruitful, really rewarding. I think the coolest thing about what we're working on is a consumer startup. We get to talk to users every day that use the product. And you know, on a daily basis, we're seeing mentions like across our socials or like emails directly to us, like saying, hey, like this has like changed my life. Like I just got my first job, or like I got my like third job. Like I got laid off recently and it's a really dire situation. Like I found my job here and I was struggled recruiting for the last like two, three months. And so it's really cool to hear these like life-changing stories and stuff. And that's what really keeps us motivated. But um, yeah, I, I think it's been a really fruitful experience so far. I, I really enjoy it. And have you guys had to like take any major pivots or challenges that you guys have faced along the way? And how have you handled those challenges as they arise? Yeah, yeah, we pivoted a lot. Like I think for the first year we kept pivoting. You know, I, like I said, we first initially started not building a recruiting startup. We were building a machine learning startup, um, specifically focused on like optimizing the model flow for health, like healthcare. And um, you know, that was a very hard pivot to recruiting. And, and, and for us, it's mostly been like, we can build fast, we can quickly ID and things. And there's a lot of great ideas out there. It's for us, it was what's like, is solving the most necessary problem to our to users and like what makes drive the most value to people and like we're really excited about working for. And this is something that really stuck at home for us. But even when we found this idea of like, hey, let's focus on recruiting, we there's a lot of different avenues of way of tackling this. And so, you know, for the first three months, even through YC, we just were literally pivoting every two weeks because we didn't really know what was sticking and what was working for users. Um, and then when we landed on the extension, um, that ended up going like crazy viral. And then it started going a lot, a lot more users left and right. And so that's what we ended up saying, hey, this, I think we found something pretty good. Let's like kill, kill this vertical out really, really well. And then we can move on to a new vertical. Um, and so I think like that's kind of what's like for us, like we kind of like that's like keep trying new things and keep trying building new things until they stick and, and we get able to find good adoption with them. Um, but yeah, it's has been. And how has um, the recent tech layoffs like been affected your business model in terms of like increasing the number of users that go through your site? How has that impacted you? Yeah, um, so we definitely seen a little uptick in growth um, in terms of you like candidates signing up on the platform. Um, and uh, the interesting thing is like, even though we see this uptick in growth, we're still seeing a pretty solid rate of placements um, through our company. So we actually track, you know, where people are getting jobs. Like we have job trackers that also helps us identify, like be able to track ourselves internally. And we also emailed some users saying, hey, like, saw you off the platform, do you guys land on the job, whatnot. We're still seeing a pretty decent rate. Like it's dropped a little bit, but not as significant in terms of like the proportion to growth. Um, it's like very expected depending on how like fast we've grown. Um, we're still seeing pretty decent um, people are finding jobs and they're able to find jobs like right on Simplify. So a lot of the jobs are in the like taking and accepting. They're finding through the matches that they find on Simplify. And I think it's really just simply boils down to the fact that traditional recruiting today is a numbers game. And it's like the more places you apply, the more places you have a chance of shot of getting an interview and passing this automated stage of like filtering. 
And so like, that's something that we're really solving at, at its core at Simplify. Like at the recruiter side, we'll be, we built technology to help process applications at the speed of light in the sense of, and it, it kind of optimizes and helps you identify the diamonds in the rough and also identify people that like, you may have not missed in your traditional like resume scanner and your resume profile. We don't actually even scan the resume for resume filtering. We look on their Simplify profile, which they're able to augment with other sources like GitHub or like Figma and other stuff like that to help it give a more rounded, like fair profile assessment of people. And um, yeah, so we're, we're seeing the same amount of placements. We're seeing like a great, like, it, like it's, it's been pretty impressive. I'm, I'm saying like, I, I think overall, as the industry itself is facing a little bit of a, like a recession, I think um, the users on Simplify are, are still finding uh, jobs pretty quickly. And have you had any issues like onboarding companies, like any specific requirements or tools that they need and like how have you tackled this? It's... Yeah, so I mean, for we are extremely consumer focused. So most of our product line is still consumer facing. Um, and so we, we still like we're building new tooling every day. We're building, improving our job matching and job aggregator process. Um, for companies, we've onboarded a few companies. We have a humongous waitlist of over 200 plus companies, you know, ranging from like seed stage to like, you know, IPO to companies. And um, we're letting, we're, we're like, it's it's been exciting to see these companies because lots of these companies come and tell us like, hey, we heard about Simplify because like we had a bunch of candidates that like apply to our jobs and then ended up joining the company and they said, hey, but I found the company through Simplify. And um, so we thought we'd reach out and like talk, learn more, like we want to promote some job postings, we want to post your job postings, we want to like really analyze candidates. And so um, we've been like, you know, keeping these companies engaged, um, working on some small recruiting tools, onboarding them like kind of one by one in a very hand glove, white hand glove process and trying to get some feedback. For us, like we want to build something that's really, really killer and it's really game changing, not something that's going to like, you know, 1x, 2x improvement. We want something that's like a 10x, 50x, 100x improvement. So for that type of process, we're spending a little bit more time and thinking with like, how do we build that type of thing? So we've onboarded, onboarded like a few companies really and we're getting their feedback um, and trying to understand like what, where we can drive the most value. I, I think we're finally approaching that, that area. And so hopefully soon we'll start letting some more companies off the, the wait list and see like what the feedback is from them. But so far we're taking it slow. We really want to do something that's really, really killer. And so still, still in the ideation process a little bit there, but I think we've got something pretty, pretty good coming out soon. How has your YC experience been? You mentioned that that was one of the big things, the first milestones in your in your startup journey. How has that experience been? What are some of the biggest lessons or takeaways from your experience in the winter 2021 batch? Yeah, so I think um, YC is great. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion recently, like in, in like on Twitter and stuff about like, hey, is like YC still the top accelerator? Like there's so many different options for, you know, for, for founders to choose for when they're starting a company. And like, I, I'm not going to endorse any specific one specifically, but I will say like YC has been super, um, I think it's to our early journey. You know, for us, our, our group partner was Harge um, and he was like the founder of Triple Byte. And so he had a lot of interesting, like very useful advice for the recruiting space overall to help us get some context into what we were building. And I think the overall education around YC, which for what it's worth, most of it is completely free and public on startup school, um, is super helpful. And like, as, as first-time founders, as young people who didn't really know much about the industry, like getting the type of education and leveling up my own personal like knowledge of like what it means to be a founder, how to like talk to investors, how to talk to customers, how to understand the user numbers and like revenue and stuff like that has been like super instrumental. And so... That was super like you know that experience obviously from YC was like very very helpful for us but also like, I think like the batch experience is also very very good so we were winter twenty one like you mentioned and that was completely an online batch so unfortunately they can do the in person experience which I heard is much much better now that they're back in person and it's like super cool but you know for what it was given the time it was great it was fantastic we were had group calls you know every every week pretty much um, and uh, I think the cool thing about YC is like they put you in groups of other companies it really keeps like the pressure going like for us like we felt 
we felt this insane pressure to ship out every week because we knew other people or other batches in our company were shipping out. And like, if we came to the call with nothing to share, like it, it would just suck. Like it would feel yeah. like we didn't do anything. And so there's this insane pressure to ship out and, and build, which is um, I think super awesome. And like, that's, that's super valuable, especially in the early days. And um, you know, that feeling we've been trying really hard to recreate for us to keep going and keep going with its team. It's, it's definitely a little hard to recreate. And also like as the company grows, it's not necessarily to be, to be at that same level of intensity, but we try to maintain that a lot for like the first year after we get left YC because that speed and efficiency when you're building is so, so awesome. and so crucial to, to growing fast. Yeah. And uh, can, on the similar topic, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the last year and a half have been a tough fundraising climate. It's getting, it's getting better a little bit, a little bit now, but in spite of this, you successfully raised your pre-seed last summer. How was your fundraising experience? Did you, ha- did you face any challenge funding? <laughs> Yeah, so I think YC there's another thing on I guess connected to the previous question. I think YC does a great job of connecting its portfolio companies to like investors to the demo day process. So we, we had some challenges. Obviously, like I mentioned, we pivoted a lot. So when we were doing demo day, uh, we were just getting ready to pivot again. Like we were, I think we were on our final pivot at that time. We were like roughly like had finished up. So we pretty much raised our free seed round um, almost entirely before we built the product. And so um, it was definitely a little bit of an uphill battle, but uh, I think we got ended up doing a pretty good job. We needed. We intentionally kept the round small because um, we don't want to overraise and, and and then realize that we have no idea what we're doing. I think we were very clear that we needed only like the amount we needed to raise um, to go to uh, get a good idea if this is going to work or not. And then if it was going to work, then we'd raise more money. And so that's exactly what we did. So um, we actually just recently closed a new round of funding. Um, haven't fully announced it yet, so hopefully that'll be sometime soon. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a really tough environment for for founders. I think I think some key things for us and that's been very helpful is that. We really focus on on our user growth uh, and numbers and statistics uh, very early on. And so um, given that we've been really focusing on that type of stuff, we have some pretty decent numbers to share, really good like growth pattern. Uh, and so that's been really helpful. That's, that's been make competitions a whole lot easier. But overall, I think um, what's really important is it's still the same set of stuff. It's the story you're selling. It's the, the vision of the company and, and obviously the metrics. So those are the three components. And uh, like, thank you so much for your advice. And just to close out this interview, one final question. What advice would you give to students looking to start their own companies? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think, you know, I think there's, uh, it's really easy to start a company. I would say these days, like you can, it's kind of like, you, know, you can incorporate the company, start building stuff. And the, I guess the additional end to that comment is that like, it's such an easy, it's so easy to start a company these days that you should just start one and start building stuff. You don't need to wait for someone to go give you money to like start a company. You don't need to wait for any of the magic signal to start a company. Um, you can just start a company today and start building and try to see what works and and, and do that all that stuff, you know, at your dorm. Um, so a lot of people I talk to, they're like, oh, I'm waiting for the right signal. Like I'm waiting to like get some money or I'm waiting to get into an accelerator or, or like, I'm waiting for two years out of college. I want to get a job first and then do those things. And like, you know, there's like pros and cons to all different strategies, but like the biggest thing ultimately that I see with a lot of people is that they just don't end up ever getting to that route. They just never end up shipping. Uh, and so like, it's super important to like just build and like get out there and like get to users, talk to users, go through that process. All that process you can do from home. Like the YC startup school is completely free. There's plenty of other fat education stuff that's completely free. Um, Try doing this stuff that like you're the best thing about being a student founder is that you can be scrappy and you can afford to be scrappy. You have like the, all the tools necessary to do so. And so taking advantage of this type of like those resources is like super, super crucial. And so I think that's like one advice I'd like to give. I think people, it's very like undervalued people just don't end up doing things. The second thing is like, don't be afraid to ask people for help. Like when I was starting out, um, I called, you know, a bunch of people and asking for help. 
And it's surprising, like if with the right cold email, um, you know, people are willing to respond and it will be very, very helpful. Um, and so I think, uh, I think just don't be afraid to ask people for help. That's another thing. You may get rejected and that's totally cool. You just move on to the next person, ask for help and like get some feedback and um, things will, will go swell for you. That's really, really great advice. And thank you so much, Ruchel, for taking the time to talk with us today. I know you're crazy busy. No, for sure. This has been, uh, this has been awesome. I appreciate the time, Joel. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Stay tuned for my next episode and see you all soon. Bye. Bye.